Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. 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 Good morning, everybody. Today is Tuesday, December 26, 2023. I'm your host, Friend Jr., and today we pulled Secret Spell. I'm going to throw it here to a conversation I had with Marla Darling last week about drag, Portland, a little bit of secret spells also in there. But before I do that, I'm just going to say hi. I forgot that Tuesday we pull a second song and we arrive. I feel like Secret Spell, you know, she reminds you in Secret Spell not to lose a part of yourself. That the core of who you are on the inside, you losing you is not a part of this plan, right? So through it all, there's no one in this world that can do the thing that you uniquely can. Only you have that secret spell. You have your special little formula. You have your special little mix that makes you you. But I forgot that it was Tuesday and I forgot that we have to contextualize it. So I pulled another song and it's I'm Not In Love. Oh, well, it fell on the ground. So I'm not in love. I'm not in I'm not in spell. I'm secretly not in love spell. Love spell. I'm not in love spell. I thought that would help contextualize it, but not really. Maybe in the realm of romance, there's no one who can do what you can do. So that can maybe help you to keep your head up. Maybe think about it. Maybe you know, this is my last week. Think about it. Get back to me. We'll see. You know, I'll whatever you have to say is right on. I hope you had a Merry Christmas for those who celebrate. For those who hate the holidays, I'm right beside you. Fuck off, Christmas. Um, I watched The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, part one and two. So I finally completed my the first wave of my Hunger Games project. Well, the second wave, because the first wave was to read all the books. And then the second wave was to watch all the early movies. Now the third wave is to read the prequel. And the fourth wave will be to see the prequel. And it was all because I wanted to see the prequel that I read all of the books. Anyway, today's Tuesday. We've only got a few more days together. Then the year is over and my thousand are up. I've never done a thousand of anything like that I can recall that I can point to and say like I did a thousand of that 1000 of those things I don't even have a thousand books I don't even have a thousand vinyl records I don't have a thousand of anything in my life I have 17,000 accumulated gold coins in Mario Kart but that's over like four years and that's more than one gold coin a day it's not like I it's not like I was intentionally trying to accumulate gold coins it's just something that you do in the game And then when I was looking at my stats, I noticed. The point is, this has been a big journey for me, and I'm feeling a kind of way about it. And after today, I think we have one more guest, maybe two. On the docket, we have Andrea Adams, who we're putting in a final week because she is a consistent listener, a valued listener of the show. First-time caller, long-time listener. And then I think that's it. You know... Christmas was a little 
Christmas is a little meh. Although I woke up feeling relieved. <laughs> I woke up feeling there was no other way to describe it. I woke up feeling relieved. Like, okay, today is the holiday. Today is the holiday. It is here. And it was a good day. It was fine. Everything was fine. But then I ate too much. And then I went and took a nap. And then I woke up and it was like 7 p.m. I'm like, oh, thank God Christmas is almost over. And then I watched The Hunger Games. And now we're here. I thought, what would it take to like get me to a place that next Christmas I'm surrounded by family or friends? Like I would have to have a family. I would have to like find a partner, have children. I just don't know that I want any of that. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But I would like next year. Next year, I, I vow... I don't know. I I won't have this podcast to hold me accountable, but I vow, hopefully, to be in a position where I can plan a little bit better and do something more fun for Christmas. But this year was a nice little reset. I'm thinking about my New Year's resolutions. I'm thinking about the end of this show. It's just a little bummer. I'm a little bummed. But thank God I have therapy today, huh? Save it for your therapist. Here's Marla Darling, and we're talking about Portland Drag, and have a wonderful day. Happy to have here on the show, Marla Darling, straight out of Portland. She's phoning in live via satellite. Hi, Marla Darling. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What is the Portland scene like right now, one day after Christmas? Um, tired. You're tired? (laughs) It's been a wild December. My first word actually wasn't going to be tired. It was actually going to be grieving. We lost two powerhouses in our community recently, um, starting early December, and then it just kind of kept going. And it, it kind of took the wind out of our sails a little bit. Um, so a lot of us are are mourning and a lot of us are grieving. And those two passings happened within 48 hours of each other. So we're just a community that is picking up the pieces after a hard time and grieving. Well, hopefully there's light in this holiday season in that community, in your community. Right. Marla is a performer and a producer. You want to talk about your upcoming show, The Cinema Show? Yes. Yeah. So my last show that I'm doing, it's a collaboration. Well, one of the special things about Portland is that it's not just the bar scene that you can do a show at. You can produce anywhere and everywhere. And one of the special places is the Clinton Street Theater, which is a 108-year-old historic movie theater in Southeast Portland. And um, it's home to the longest-running Rocky horror picture show late night screening and i am going to be producing an all drag tribute to the new queer cinema director greg Racky. 
Amazing. So excited um, because it's going to be hosted by two people that are huge Greg Araki fans. One of them is Wolfgang X, who has an amazing chicken lady Parker Posey number from the Doom generation. Oh my God. Um, and that's also co-hosted by one of my good friends, Prince Peanut Butter, who uh, will be doing a number based off of Mysterious Skin. God, I love that. Elizabeth Shue, I'm sorry. Elizabeth Shue is everything to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, we have a Muslim trans performer from the nearby city Corvallis who is going to be coming up and doing Homati which is a Turkish homoerotic take off of the movie E.T. <laughs> Amazing. I wish I lived in Portland. It's gonna be really cool. I'll be there, I think, in May for a play. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm going to go see a play that I really wanted to direct called Borderline, and it's going to be at the um, Milagro Theater. Yeah. Oh, Milagro. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you'll see Borderline at Milagro in May. I'll be there probably for like a weekend. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Portland gets a bad rap because of all the protests that happened in 2020, which was justified. And then you also have like all the weird like, oh, it's the anarchist jurisdiction or whatever. But someday we'll get the attention of RuPaul's Drag Race and maybe in season 25 we'll finally have a Portlander beyond Drag Race and it'd be amazing great. amazing because we can't just claim Jinx Monsoon in one hand dreams aplenty <laughs> <laughs> we pulled secret spell today I'm gonna let you lead what is this song about first and how can it help us with our day second okay so what I think it's about I think it's about losing yourself and then realizing that you've lost your way and that the best way to go forward is to pivot, adapt, and change, and grow. And I think one of the things that we can take into our day is that we can learn to accept and change and grow. And no matter how many times you have to pivot, there's still going to be that tiny little grain of hope to get you through. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the secret spell is it's that little tiny grain of hope to get you through i love even it though you don't necessarily even though you could be like the most pessimistic motherfucker in all of the world there is still going to be that little tiny grain of hope to see you through to the next day and i have to remember that too because i am that pessimistic motherfucker <laughs> i know this in one hand in one hand dreams of plenty yeah I was listening to the song today on repeat before we talked and for the first time ever I've never really counted Secret Spell like as a it's not even in my top it's not in my top 20 it's probably not in my top 50 it's just a song that exists I'm waiting till that episode to really get into it but as I was listening yeah. to it today I really linked it back to Little Earthquakes and here's why and I not that it sounds like Little Earthquakes and not that thematically I mean maybe thematically it is linked and here's here's what I think it's because she's saying jumps at three like little jumpers is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Tears at 13, you're hormonal, you're pubescent. Jumps at three, tears at 13. Mm -hmm. 18, when you're 18, it wheels in a high heel. Like, yeah. oh, my, I'm like becoming a woman, you know? Yeah. Sold a dream at 23, which is obviously, why can't Tori why read? Can't Tori read? Exactly. Right. Through it all, you still got your secret spell. Like, as long as you hone in on who you really are, like the right. core of your essence, like who you are, like that will, that will save you. That will help you through. I think another one of the so like for the longest time this was also like a song for me that just didn't connect with me when I first heard American Doll Posse like at all like it just did not it was not this it was not my first choice you know mm -hmm. so to speak it wasn't until later 
in life when I started experiencing some very deep personal issues related to imposter syndrome, related to like housing, related to like change where like those changes are painful and transformation happens. It wasn't until I had lived through the some of those experiences where I was like, I would listen to uh, that song would just pop into my head and I would listen to it and I would be like, damn, I didn't realize how much this song was going to resonate in this moment right now. Yeah. The strongest message that I can pull from the song, you losing you was not a part of this plan. Right. And that that's really important to remember. Like you losing you was not a part of this plan. So you have to hold on to that secret spell. You've got to like still trust and believe in yourself. Right. There have been moments in this last year where I was given some really huge opportunities and the imposter syndrome was just debilitating and paralyzing almost to the point to where it was like, I know I'm going to deliver, but like, what's going to be the end? I, yeah, there's all the doubt surrounding it. A lot yeah. of doubts. I mean, like, you know, I just got booked to do a venue of 200 people, like, and nobody's buying pre-sale tickets. And like, you know, what's going to happen is it's going to be the show where six people show up. I mean, like, <laughs> been there. That, been there. <laughs> that is what happens when you could be a director of a play, or you can also be the producer of a drag show. And so many of my producer friends have also gone through that too, where you know, shows have been canceled mm -hmm. and it's all based on the fact that no, it's like there are like world problems that are happening. There's been some really great shows recently where the turnout has been low, but then like those on cast end up with like just a whole bunch of money at the end of the night. I have been in shows like that too, where, you know, the audience is small but mighty and you get through it and then you count your tips at the end of the night and you're like, wow, I made $90. That's awesome. Yeah, 90 is great. 90 is totally great. In this economy, it's fucking fantastic. Who are the three Portland queens that we need to know? For years until I examined the lyrics and I realized it was jumps at three, tears at 13, high heels at 18, selling a dream at 23. Before I was able to like delineate that, it just sounds like 18 wheels in a high heel, like an no, 18 so, wheeler, like a drag queen truck yes. driver. You know what pops into my head when I hear that line? I think of Priscilla of the desert oh my god i love that movie honest to god that's honestly what i think of patrick I think swayze of that line i think of priscilla like 18 we on a high heel i'm just kind of like oh you have clearly seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 18 wheels and a high heel. Yeah, she's a yeah. high heel truck driver. Right, you know. And but so... who are the three Portland drag queens we must know? If you have three spots on your menu, on your dance card, okay, who do we need so to know? I don't necessarily go by queen because I'm very much rooted in the kings and things alternative uh -huh. drag. Love it. Non-binary. One of them that I would totally throw out there is One Half Nelson. Ooh, okay. Um, One Half Nelson um, is great visual artist, makeup, and gorgeousness, and they do amazing video visuals. Another is Wolfgang X, who does an amazing show here that's called Cool Dad, who also has like a an amazing competition for all drag kings called King Dad, which is annually. Uh, we have another wonderful performer, Jocelyn Nobbs, who's made costume pieces for Cornbread from mm, Drag Race. We love Cornbread. Um, there's so many more I can say, honestly. There's Violet Hex. We have the producers behind Melange, which is an all POC 
variety show with Dahlia Cash and Destiny Smokes. So that's like the show that deserves more attention, I think, because it is absolutely beautiful. And this last week, they did a full-on Vogue ballroom competition. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. Um, and then we also have Wanda Ann Cosmos, who is an, another POC artist who is just above and beyond. Just stunning makeup, stunning dance moves, stunning, like, the concepts and everything. Then we have, you know, Max and Mars, who do, like, the Space the Drag show, which is, like, based off of, like, the planet's astrology kind of vibe to it. Portland's got it going on. What? There's so much. What keeps you going? What is your secret spell? My secret spell is that I have been given a platform to do what I do Mm. and the creativity to do what I do and the freedom to do what I do. And nobody from Drag Race or Dragula or any of those people are going to care. And that's fine because what I do is punk rock and it's not for them. I make the art that is for me and it's for, you know, creative expression. I'm not out to be on reality TV. I find all of that incredibly boring. I'm here to create anarchy, artistic anarchy. And I'm happy to be in a place and I'm happy to have a venue that lets me do that. I think that artists are are here to uh, disrupt the peace. They are here to interrupt the quiet. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, some of the best art is also like comes from protest and pain. Yes. And, you know, yeah. and empathy. And I think like that's where the best art comes from, in my opinion. And like, you know, uh, a lot of like the artists that I am inspired by came from that, especially during the AIDS crisis, which is like David Rodorovich and mm-hmm. Baptiste, you know, like those are the people that like I was truly inspired by. And the club kids too, like oh, the when, club we talk kids. About drag, when we talk about drag, we like tend to like overlook the club kids, but the club kids were a big, the big club kids were huge. I have a confession. When I was a child, I saw all of the club kids on Phil Donahue. You remember that show? Yes, yes, with Amanda Lepore, right? Yeah, I saw all the club kids, including Michael Alleg, and I wrote Michael Alleg a love letter. I was a child, (laughs) but I knew I wanted to be there in that space. I wanted to be involved in his life. So I wrote him, I wrote him an honest to God love letter. Oh, problematic fave. Problematic fave, but I was a child. (laughs) And I stole a stamp from my grandma and I got the address, which was listed in the credits of Phil Donahue's show. I got the address and I mailed it to the Phil Donahue show, care of Michael Alleg. Mm -hmm. And that was before he murdered Oh, Angel. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. And then eventually OD'd. Yeah. Yeah. And he became obviously, he was obviously a psychopath, but it's fine. But that was my childhood obsession. Yeah. When I think about like the club kid era, I think of like Lee Bowery and Klaus Nomi and so many people that are from that time period. And then of course there's like my favorite drag, my favorite drag queens aren't even, I think like one of them has judged Dracula and like have been on TV and stuff like that. But my favorite my two favorite witches were Heclina and Peaches Christ. Oh, Peaches Christ. <laughs> Sacred spell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In one hand, dreams of plenty. I yeah. pulled a Prism Oracle card for us today, and it is in the blue family of cards, and it is called Reflection. And I'm going to read you a little bit about this card. I don't think okay. I've ever pulled this card before, so I really don't know what it's going to say. Reflection. Some say that certain people or situations in your life act as mirrors that reflect back at you and teach you. 
What that mirror reveals can act as a source of inspiration, encouraging you to move forward. You may not like what you see, giving you the opportunity to make some important changes in your life. This card is a reminder of the importance of taking time to reflect and partake in some deep self-inquiry. What are the mirrors in your life trying to show you and what can you learn from them? I think that I love that we had this um, drag conversation because you never think the courage and the I don't know, the moxie that it takes to get up and perform in front of mm -hmm. a crowd of people in oh, a yeah. drag persona or at, in, as a drag performer, you could never imagine that they're going through like imposter syndrome or that they're going through like, you know, losing themselves. You right. losing you is not a part of their plan, it seems. Right. Right. And so I love that we talked about that today because we can reflect and try to find that little spark in our own cell, our own little selves when right. we're not on stage, you know, right. when we're not, when we're just alone in our homes. Right. I think one of the things too is a friend of mine actually like said this about my art and like my performance style and stuff like that. And they called me a grief tender. And at first mm. I was like, what? And then I thought about it. And since 2021, I have lost up to 15 people in my life. And I think one of those mirrors, even though I don't want to say it because, you know, when we think about ourselves, we like to think, oh, we're a positive person. We're an upbeat person. We're, you know, like a happy person all the time. Right. Or like, you know, we've worked on our negativity and like now we can have an outward of positive and lightness and it's not heavy. But one of those mirrors for me is grief. Mm -hmm. How I tend to my grief is it's I think it's interesting that one of the things like how I've like have managed to channel my grief is to express it on stage oh yeah that's great I'm glad that you have that platform you know what true story 10 minutes before I was supposed to go on stage I had already chosen to do metal water wood at a show and 10 minutes before I went on stage to perform metal water wood I had learned of an amazing trans activist who was a friend of mine like we had done a competition together. She had a cardiac arrest and 10 minutes before I went on stage to perform Metal Waterwood, which is a song about grief, I learned of her passing. That's awful. That sucked the air out of my body. But at the same time, though, I was like, I have a stage and I have this song that is literally about grief. And it was one of those universal synchronicity moments that I will always kind of hold on to. Because even though I don't want to be seen as the grief tender, I am. And there's a lot of power in that. It's not so much, I think at a certain point, it was like, oh, this is painful. But at the same time, though, like, what is grief? It's proof that you had love there in the present. And you still have love in the present. And I think that's a very powerful, reflective way, especially when we think about mirrors and we mm -hmm. think about reflection and we think about who are the people that changed you? Yeah, all things need to be tended. And we never think that grief needs to be tended, but it does need to be tended. Yeah. But hopefully I can leave you here today with something that will make you smile. I know that you're a daily listener of Never Shut Up and that you <laughs> yes, listen three or four times a day. You repeat you go oh, my back. Favorite, my favorite is New Music Monday. So yeah. Oh, thank God. Really? Someone yeah. likes it? No, my oh. favorite is on my honest to God, my favorite is New Music Monday. And I have learned of many fans from that playlist and that has been added onto mine. So I thank you for New Music oh Monday. God. And I will and I'm actually really happy that you're still doing it because it's my oh favorite my parts of my week. It's my favorite thing to do. I tell you, I prepare for new music Monday all week long. I'm 
constantly on Brooklyn Vegan. I'm constantly on my music mm-hmm. blogs. There's albumoftheyear.org and it's every yeah. album that's been released. And I'm, I listen to everything, <laughs> which is obnoxious. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think like one of my favorites that I got from you was Youth Lagoon. Oh, actually. I love Youth Lagoon. He's so Little cute. Devil from the Country. Is oh my like God, I love that song. My favorite song. It's so good. So good. So yeah. Um, so like okay. I'm- I'm a big fan of New Music Monday. And well, I'm New a- Music Monday sticking around. I'm also a big fan of when you like would throw in like Lisa Germano or <gasps> Juliana Hatfield playlist because oh I'm a big God. fan of both of those two. Oh, I love them too. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, so I'm going to try to leave you with something to be happy. I have 14,000 things to be happy about. My little okay. book. And you just tell me when to stop thumbing. I'm thumbing now. Just tell me when. Okay, stop. Oh my God. Okay, left or right? Right. Okay, and now I'm sliding my finger up and down. Okay. Whenever you're feeling sad about my not being here, after you listen to Rose, I want you to think about peppermint crunch candy. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, just pop a peppermint crunch candy and you'll be fine. How very post Christmassy of us. I know. Oh, yeah. It is the day after. Oh, you're right. It's, Christmas was, <laughs> I forgot. Today is the day after Christmas. Christmas is yesterday. My bad. I forgot. I was just so wrapped up in this conversation. <laughs> did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? I did. I did. Oh, um, we had a really cute white elephant party. And mm. uh, my spouse and I, we do a big, a, a little like white elephant party as like our Christmas thing. Because usually, like, usually with the major holidays, if I have something after, I'm super focused on like what's coming after. Mm-hmm. So we generally spend the major holidays just kind of like, no. <laughs> <laughs> because we're both actually two Can't socially relate. awkward introverts who just kind of like to hide out. And then we bounce out, like, you know, be around for like a few weeks. And then like, this is kind of like, okay, we turn into the hermit hole. I love it. I love a hermit yeah. hole. But this is how we do Bjork Friday. So uh, oh, good. that's another show I do. So. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a Thanksgiving show that I do. It's- Next Thanksgiving, if you're in Portland, head over to the Thanksgiving Bjork show in Portland. I'm assuming you'll do this to the end of time. Um. Yes. <laughs> good. Uh, or until like we clear out the entire discography and then we'll... Okay. No, no, no. Once the discography is cleared out, that's when the fun begins. If I were a performer, I would do Bjork arriving at the airport with her son. That's my performance. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I had made a joke because like with all drag scenes, you also get some beef feuds too. Yeah, and yeah, there yeah. were like a couple people I had cast in the show that had a feud with each other and then they both dropped out. And like one of the things I wanted to say in my production rules and notes was like, if you really want to reenact Welcome to Bangkok, please do it at the bar across the street. <laughs> Good one. Everybody has to go watch. Just remember Bjork is a she's a lioness protecting her cub. Yes. Okay, everybody follow Marla Darling on Instagram. Thank you for being yes. on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you on drive all night at some point. Oh yeah. I think I've emailed you about strange little girl. I'm sure you I did. I'm sure you did. It's in my list. Okay. Okay. Yay. Bye. Bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.